and the Center of Governance and Human Rights. This is Declarations. Hello, my name is Jingmin, and I am the executive producer of Declarations podcast. From the 25th of November to the 5th of December this year, the University and College Union, UCU, organized a strike action on 60 university campuses across the UK, including here at Cambridge. This meant that members refused to do university-related work during that period, and action short of a strike after the period. Action short of a strike means working strictly to contract and not rescheduling lectures and other teaching. The picket lines are an integral part of the strikes. Striking lecturers stand outside university buildings, forming a symbolic barrier around the workplace. They also present an alternative vision of educational environments, a place where staff and students can come together and learn from one another through productive exchange. I set out with Max, our producer, to speak to people at the picket. M-I-D-O-R-I. Midori Harris. I'm in the biochemistry department and I'm also the branch treasurer for the Cambridge uh, branch of UCU. Can you tell us about yourself? Yeah, uh, my name is Tyler Denmead. I am a lecturer in the Faculty of Education and a fellow of Queen's College. So what goes on behind the scenes when UCU decides to take on a big decision like a strike? Well, a lot of the decisions about strikes... It depends on whether it's a national or a local campaign. Um, either way, uh, there'll be committees that can do a lot of the groundwork, figuring out what are the issues, what are demands, and then a vote can be taken for trade unions to vote to undertake strike action. It's a minimum 50% turnout. At least 50% of members must vote. And then it's hard to explain as anything other than an attempt to suppress trade union activity. So what is it like yes, organizing for, the strike? For, to actually put on a strike, we've got a lot of people, and I'm kind of nominally the official picket supervisor, but I'm certainly not doing this on my own. I'm new to this. I'm new to union organizing. <laughs> I just joined the union in... Let's see, when was it? 2018 for the last strike? Mm-hmm. So I'm new to it. That's my dog, Zeke. I find the picket experience to be an amazing one. Um, you know, I think this is a time for people to uh, not, well, not be so concerned about their individual careers. Yeah, but think about how they can build collective solidarity. Think about how, what they might do at the university to, do, to close the gender pay gap, close the race pay gap, end casualization work towards a dignified retirement uh, and hostile environment. You know, these the picket line is where you can have these conversations about how we might do that. Because after all, we are the university. 
Have you had any um, just really good or bad experiences um, so far this strike? Well, there were some racist incidents, people, you know, people being accused of being foreigners and told to go back to their countries in effect, which is awful. Uh, you know, the highlights have always been students showing up, which is simple things like tea and biscuits. That's always like the best. You know, student solidarity is, is an amazing thing. Uh, these rallies have been amazing. Billy Bragg showing up to perform. Twice. Yeah, twice with us has been great. Uh, the first day I was, you know, we had a student, students led a march and it stretched all the way down King's Parade from, you know, the chop house to the, to the church, basically, uh, Great St. Mary. So it was an amazing turnout. I've been on a lot of rallies in Cambridge and I thought that was the, by far the biggest. So that was a huge, uh, boost in terms of energy and confidence for the, for the strike. As students, we stand side by side and shoulder to shoulder with our striking staff here today. We know that staff working conditions are student learning conditions and that our struggles are connected. Overworked, underpaid, discriminated against, and precariously employed staff are the symptoms of a higher education system that prioritizes profit over learning and expects staff and students to shoulder the cost of Sabbath cuts to public services and the subsequent financial maneuvers of management. Well, they sit up here and they don't listen to us, they don't speak to us, and they're paid £430,000 a year. We're forced to take this week to say no. Several of the sites are set up to alert staff and students that the strike is going on and that we recommend that people not cross picket lines unless they unless there's circumstances with the compelling reason there are you know, low paid staff in other unions who literally can't afford to respect our picket lines because they would lose their jobs. Mm. That would not help our cause. There are students on tier four visas and other sorts of, uh, other people whose immigration status means that they have to go in and report. For them to lose the right to be present in the UK would not help our cause. Mm. But we want the people who can safely respect the picket lines and stay away from work or do their work somewhere else, and especially our union members, not to cross the picket lines, to establish a lot of picket sites and places that will catch a lot of both those staff and students. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. In the last strike, I did a performance for two days because um, <laughs> we were, it wasn't clear whether we were able to strike all 15 days because uh, I'm on a Tier 2 visa. And so we were advised after the 10th day to stop striking similarly. And I set up an office in between the picket line and my, <laughs> um, and my actual office where I worked because I, I couldn't feel like I could cross the picket line. Like but a I table? Just a little table? Yeah, and a tent. And, uh, <laughs> and I you know, worked from there, did supervisions from there. This university previously saw 14 days of formal strike action in 2018 when Cambridge UCU voted in favour of striking against planned pension contribution cuts by the university superannuation scheme, a private pension scheme for higher education institutions, including Cambridge. That collective action resulted in an expert panel being established to undertake a new valuation for member contributions. This year, there were a wider range of interests at stake. Besides pension contributions, staff are striking against waning real-term incomes, inequality pay gaps, 
casualization and job insecurity of academics, and unfair workloads. We've had themes for different days, and we've had themes for different flyers illustrating uh, things about racism or gender pay gaps or workloads, uh, casual contracts. Is there These a theme are today? All, yes, today the uh, theme is about racism and how to combat it. So things like um, race and ethnicity, um, pay and advancement gaps, and uh, the uh, state of migrants in the country and how that affects university life, what happens to university staff who have come from other countries or prospective university staff who would come and about the hostile environment policy and how it impinges on university activities. Yeah, the hostile environment is, uh, well, it's the name that refers to a set of policies by the Home Office, which makes it particularly difficult for foreign workers to work here. And there's been several incidents of uh, academics that, for example, have been out of this country for doing their field work in different places, and then they will not be able to meet their visa requirements. Uh, and then they'll be deported to places where they haven't even necessarily lived. And this unevenly affects faculty, particularly affects faculty of color, particularly affects faculty who may not have the resources to pay for very expensive visa costs. So um, it has uneven effects. And um, yeah, it needs to be ended. It's also. Um, important to note that the hostile environment isn't just something that affects faculty but students too. Um, I know that students at other institutions have been given some warnings by their universities to not strike because that potentially might affect their visa yeah, yeah. Um, qualifications or requirements. Yeah, yeah. So. For me the strike is about making sure, uh, let's see, we're closing the gender pay gap, closing the race pay gap, ending casualization, fighting for a dignified retirement, uh, supporting the mental health and well-being of staff through reducing oppressive workloads. Because we're talking about more aspects of work, there are more things about the current state of universities and working for them and studying. You know. These things affect students because these are, these are the conditions that the people who lecture them, the people who supervise them, and a lot of the other support staff live and work with. It is about a collection of aspects of work and the conditions under which you work, what compensation, what pay you get now, what pensions you get later and how, although it looks like a disparate collection of things, they are all actually interconnected. And they're all part of really making, working for a university work, and therefore making a university fulfill its function in society. So, like, whatever we can do to make this happen, so we can go back to work. Yeah, that's great. all everyone wants to do, right? That's what I want to do. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I love my job. I love to teach. I love students. Um, so I don't want to be out here. ...to shout and protest from outside. This is a last resort. We're not doing this because we want to. We want to be learning. We want to be teaching. Yeah. Yeah.
strikes have also been an epicenter of solidarity. The rallies have been opportunities to make a stand on a variety of issues that the university is implicated and complicit in. School children took to the streets for a climate rally on one morning, and on another, an early career academic talked about the many university staff whose employment contracts don't allow them to legally strike. It's a reminder of how centres of education, particularly global leaders like Cambridge, are increasingly intertwined with global capitalism, the military-industrial complex, and national immigration policy. Here's our producer, Matt, talking about the institutional support received by universities like Cambridge from tech companies enabling surveillance and deportation of migrants. I am a part of a larger activist coalition known as No Tech for Tyrants. Together, we and other graduate and undergraduate students research links between the university and companies like Palantir, encouraging departments to drop their partnerships with them. Help us by contacting the departments of computer science and technology, asking them to immediately seize the work with Palantir. Leverage the networks you have. Students and academics at the University of Cambridge are already pledging not to work for Palantir, so long as they uphold their violence-enabling contracts with ICE. Now, we demand that the computer science department cancel any future engagement with Palantir. We cannot, in good conscience, claim to solve some of the world's most pressing problems as a leading university while enabling the marginalization of people who have fled or are fleeing conflict, persecution, and hunger. Our student body includes refugees and migrants from across the globe, and standing together against Palantir, we stand in solidarity with them. Thank you. There's power in a factory, power in the land, power in the hand of the worker. But it all amounts to nothing if together we don't stand there. We want to hear more from you, so please let us know what you thought about today's discussion or if there's something you'd like to know more about. You can send us an email, editor at declarationspod.com, like us on Facebook, and follow us on Twitter at declarationspod. You can also check out our website, declarationspod.com, where every episode has a companion piece with more information about each week's topics. These are written by our show notes writer, Katerina O'Mellon. Our media manager is Ms. Malik. Our sound editor is Helen Jennings. Matt Mahmoudi and Max Curtis are our producers, and Jin Min Tan is our executive producer. Tune in next time for more declarations.
Yeah, right.